kind of excited and looking forward to, to talking about this subject because the, the message is called the value of truth. And whenever you look in John 8, 31 and 32, I think you're going to be able to kind of figure out where we're going. But I, I wanted to talk to you all about this because there is a phrase that I hear being used all the time. And I'm sure you've heard it as well. I mean, you hear it on the news. You hear it in, in shows, even in conversation with people. And, and it's this phrase people say quite a bit. And that is, this is or that is my truth. And I hear that and I think, okay, I, for one, I don't even know what that means. You know, that's my truth. Maybe it's not true for you, but it's true for me. Now, I, I kind of looked it up, or I did look it up, and I looked it up and wanted to see, you know, what's the origin of that? And, and here's where it, it, where it came from. When somebody says, this is my truth, basically what they're saying is, this is my experience. Now, I've experienced this. Maybe you haven't, but I have. And so this is my experience. Now, whenever it's defined like that, I, I understand that. And, and I have personal examples of this. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we grew up in, in homes that, that have very similar values. But even though that's true, we both have had very different experiences because our families are two different families. And so what she experienced in her home, in, her home, in a lot of ways, is different than what I did. Uh, let me give you an example. In, in our home, uh, the, way, the home that I grew up in, our family, one thing that we really enjoy doing is we just enjoy laughing, cutting up, having a good time. We think that's fun. So we get together, and that's what we tend to do. Uh, now, my wife's family, they, they, enjoy, they enjoy laughing as well, but we're a little bit different. My, my experience is different. Our, our family's favorite form of humor is sarcasm. Now, sarcasm, of course, is it's a godly trait. And uh, so that is something that, that we enjoy. Now, my wife's family, not so much. Now, as you can probably guess, when we first got married, because our experiences were different, that sort of created... A, a little bit of conflict uh, because when we got married my wife did not realize how hilarious I really am and uh, so after a number of years now she has finally recognized that, that I'm a true gem that I'm really funny uh, but at the beginning her experience was different than my experience now where I struggle with the phrase this is my truth. This, and I think that whenever we take the word truth, we are putting a really heavy value on, on, on experience. Uh, we're putting a really heavy value on somebody's opinion. Now, what is truth is, is really the big question. And, and truth by definition is not your experience. A uh, truth by definition is this, it says, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. In other words, truth is this, Very, I have to put it in a simple term that I understand. Here is truth, one plus one is two. Okay, now that, that speaks to me. Okay, so that's true. And it doesn't matter how you feel about that. It, it doesn't matter what you think about that, that, that it's just truth, right? You know, one plus one is two. Now, 
I know that if I am flying on an airplane, I want somebody operating on that truth. If I have a pilot or somebody who engineered the plane who is working off of the truth that one plus one is three, then I don't want to be on that plane. You know, I, I, want, I want to be operating in the realm of truth. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see Jesus sharing with us the value of truth. And we're going to see Jesus sharing with us that there are benefits that come with walking in the truth. And so that's why we're looking today in, in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And, and just a little bit of background on this is in verses 12 through 19, the religious leaders of the day, they were talking to Jesus. They, they didn't like Jesus a whole lot. And, and they denied the authenticity, the truth of who Jesus was. And, and here's what those verses say. I'll read some of them. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again, the religious leaders. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And so the Pharisees said to him, you're, you're testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is valid because I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know where I come from or where I'm going because you judge by, he says, human standards. He says, I judge no one, and if I do judge, Jesus said, my judgment is true. So simply put, Jesus shared with the religious leaders, he shared the truth. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the one that shows the path that leads to life. The religious leaders, they looked at Jesus and said, well, that's not our truth. And it wasn't their truth for a simple reason, because the truth was not convenient to them. It didn't fit in with their narrative. And they, they saw Jesus as being a threat to, to them. So he's taking away power from us. Uh, he's taking away a lot of followers. So they rejected the truth of Jesus. Now you could be thinking, well, what value is there for me taking Jesus at his word? You know, what benefit is, is there for me to build my life off of what Jesus teaches? And so I, today, I just very briefly, I want to share with you just a few ways that the truth of Jesus can impact your life. And the very first thing I want us to see is the truth of Jesus can impact your life in this way. When you practice the truth. If you want truth to impact you, then you have to practice it. Now, now look with me in verse number uh, 31. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. So these are people who actually believe what Jesus had to say. He said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. I looked up some information and some polls that have been taken about religion in America. And it says 75% of Americans identify themselves as being Christian. Um, in, in South Carolina, 78% of South Carolinians identify themselves as being followers of Jesus. And I look at those numbers, and that's pretty big. I mean, it's like it's, it's a, in South Carolina, over three out of four people identify with being followers of Jesus. But what's interesting to me is that even though so many people identify as being followers of Jesus, the way that we actually live is not a whole lot different than the rest of culture. 
And then I can give you some examples. The Hartford Institute of Religion found that 40% of American Christians say they go to church weekly. Now here's what's interesting. When they really dug into that, they found out that 20%, or actually that, that 50% of that 40% were lying. That only 20% actually go to church every week. Uh, another survey, another study came up with another interesting find that, that disturbed me. And that is that 30% of evangelical Christians believe abortion is okay. 30%. 80% of American evangelical Christians between the ages of 18 to 29 have premarital sex. And now those are the people who identify, who say Jesus is the truth. And you might say, well, does that mean, does that really matter? They, they, believe, they believe in Jesus, so they're all good, right? So it doesn't really matter. Well, when I look back in verse number 31, I, I believe it matters. The, the way that we live, if you want truth to impact you, you practice the truth. Jesus said in verse 31 again, he said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. That word continue, it means to abide. It means to live in. It means to live within the parameters of what Jesus teaches. And Jesus says, as you live within those parameters, it sends out the message, it gives the truth that you really are a disciple of Jesus. So just because we say something doesn't really prove anything. It's how we live is what matters. I mean, Jesus taught something very similar to this to this in John 15. Verses 4 and 5, Jesus said, remain in me, and I in you. And he said, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. So, so the fruit that comes with following Jesus, it occurs when you remain, when you walk with Jesus. He says, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. So very simply put, the truth of God's word is only going to impact your life when you practice it. Does that make sense? And you practice it, then it, then it produces. You don't practice, not a whole lot of production. It reminded me of a story I read about a lady named Joanna Mitchell. Uh, she, has a bro- she has a brother who owns a pet snake, and his name is Slinky. And uh, her brother went out of town, and so she asked, uh, he asked her if she would watch the snake. She said, I was used to it, it didn't bother me. I said, yeah, I'll be happy to watch it. He said, well, you know, he needs to eat, so I'm going to need you to go to the pet store and buy some little baby mice. And she said, that didn't bother me. And uh, so she said, I went to the store. I said, I need some mice. So she bought some mice. She said, here's what bothered her. She said, when she bought the mice, they put the mice in a box that on the outside said, thank you for giving me a new home. Uh, she said that, that sort of made her feel like a hypocrite. When she came home, she said, I'm pulling them out of their nice little home and sticking them into the mouth of a snake. Now, guys, actions speak louder than words. And that's what verse number 31 is all about. Jesus talked about continuing in his word. Now, now what is the word in reference to? Jesus says, continue in my word. He's talking about the totality of his teachings. He says, live within my word and what I have to say. And when you do that, then you will see fruit that comes from it. That's why King David wrote in Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 
You walk in God's word, it keeps you away from sin. It keeps you on the right path in life. So, so does the truth matter? Is there any value in that truth? Man, it impacts your life when you practice the truth. But your life is also impacted when you learn the truth. So you practice the truth, but you also you have to know the truth. I mean, look with me, let's see, in verse number 32. In verse 32, Jesus said, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, moving from theory to reality is a really big step. Now, now Jesus was dealing in this conversation with two different groups of people. The first group he was dealing with were the religious leaders. And the religious leaders, I mean, if you read through the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, here's what you're going to see. Religious leaders, are all, they're always somewhere near Jesus when he's teaching. And so that means they heard his teaching. That, that means that they saw him perform miracles. They saw what kind of man he was. And yet they, they, they saw it, and yet they were not willing to apply and practice his truth. Therefore, they, they heard, but they didn't know the truth. The other group of people, and if you go back in verse 31, Jesus was talking to those who believed in Jesus. They were the ones who said, we see Jesus, we see what he says, we see what he does, and we will follow him. Therefore, they got to know and experience the power and the truth of God's word. You know, it's, it's one thing to know something intellectually or to know something in theory. It is a totally different thing to know something by experience. Would you all agree with that? You know, I, I know some people and they'll talk to me. You know, they're, they're getting, they've been married maybe for six months. And they'll talk to me about marriage. And they'll be giving me pointers on it. And I'm sitting there going, this is entertaining. You know, six months in, baby. I was like, hey, wait till you're about 27 years in. And uh, so they, they give it, I'm like, I want, I'm really interested, not, I'm not interested in theory, you know, I'm interested in, I'm, in, I'm interested in hearing people who've experienced things, because I know then that they truly have, they have knowledge. And Jesus said, you, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's talking about experience. That, that word know, it means to comprehend. It means to have knowledge, to be acquainted with to have experience. Now, if you want to know the truth, you have to live in the truth. And then you will experience how the truth plays out in your life. Now, that's, that's why it's interesting to me when you look at the religious leaders of the day. They saw what Jesus did, but they never really got to know the truth. Because they weren't willing to practice the truth. Now, what, what a lot of people what a lot of people enjoyed and liked is they, they liked what Jesus said. I mean, think about the things Jesus said. You know, love your neighbors. You can have, you can have forgiveness. I mean, if you talk to me about forgiveness, I mean, everybody's like, yeah, man, I, I need forgiveness. I enjoy that message. I mean, if you're walking around, you're following Jesus, and you see him healing people. I mean, wouldn't you like to see that? I mean, most people want to see that. Like, this is really neat. This guy, Jesus, he, he touches people. He heals them. But then when it comes to, hey, let's take it a step beyond not just watching Jesus, but now live for him. Well, I don't want to do that. Now, I'm just enjoying the show. You know, I, I'm enjoying the performance. I'm not looking to become a performer. Now, it's real easy for me to look at that and to be kind of hard on that, but I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I, let me give you an example, I, and I've shared this before. On I'm one of those people, my kids make fun of me because... 
when an infomercial comes on TV, I'm locked in. I mean, and there's a couple, because I, I, I find infomercials interesting, and I, and I think, God, we need to have that. You know, and I'll watch it. My, uh, there's two of them that are really good for me. You know, y'all know the, um, uh, what's it, the, the red copper pan? Have y'all seen that infomercial? Oh, I mean, that pan's incredible. I don't even cook. You know, and I watch that thing. I mean, and you cook, whatever you cook in it, it you just, uh, you don't put any spray on it. You just, it's slide, everything slides right out. I mean, it, it's perfect. I mean, you make bread and it just pops right out of there. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, I mean, we got to get one of these things. And you can take a brick, you know, they'll be hammering the pan and it doesn't even scratch it. Uh, that is impressive. Now, the other one that, that, and this is the first one that really just blew my mind. P, y'all remember when P90X came out? Okay, P90X comes out and it's a 90 minute infomercial. And I watch every second of it. And I'll say, I mean, because it is, it's incredible. You'll see some huge guy, and I'm going to change my life now. And he starts doing P90X, and, uh, and then you watch the body transformation. I mean, he goes from this really big guy, and he's got a washboard stomach at the end. And I'm like, and I'm, like I'm talking to Emily. She's in the other room in the kitchen. you got to look at this. This is unbelievable. Look at this guy. Before and after. You know what my wife did? She went out and she bought me P90X. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I was like, I don't want to do it. I want to watch it. You know, that's all. Because if you do it, then that means that there's a price to pay. You know, watching it, I don't have any skin in the game. It's just a fun little thing for me to watch. I'm sitting there eating Doritos going, that guy's awesome. (laughs) But there's a lot of us who do the same thing when it comes to Jesus. We like the performance. He heals people. He changes lives. He points out a higher way to live. We like the performance, but we don't want to be the performer. See, if, if you get involved and you say, I'm going to walk in the truth, there's sacrifice that's involved. It, it's, it's taking yourself and moving back and saying, I'm putting Jesus. He's going to be number one. He is the one that I'm going to follow. And that scares many of us. But let me tell you something. You will not know the truth until you practice the truth. And when you practice the truth, then you'll discover that what Jesus said in John 10.10 is true. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And there are some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about because you know what life is now. You want want the truth to impact your life? You practice the truth. You want truth to impact your life? Then then you you must know the truth. You must learn the truth. But, but here's the final thing. The truth of Jesus can impact your life when you, when you discover that there is freedom in God's truth. And that's what verse number 32 is talking about. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, so what is the truth? You know, Jesus defined it for us in John 14, 6. Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth, and what he teaches is the truth. And when you read through Scripture, you will see the Scripture points this out time and time again, that God's Word is truth. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God, and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, God, thy word is truth. So if it's true, what does that mean? Y'all, true means true. 
You know, one plus one equals two is always true. Jesus and his word and his teaching and his way, it is always true. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. As you apply God's word to your life, it's then that you're going to find out that there is freedom. When you know God's word, when you practice God's word, you will discover the path that it leads you on. Jesus came here to give you freedom. Did you know that? That's why he came. There's, there's There's a section of scripture where Jesus is in Nazareth, and he goes into Nazareth in order to, he goes to the synagogue, and, and he, they ask him to read the scripture, which is what they did. They'd have a scroll laid out, and the, the reader would come and read whatever the scripture was. They call on Jesus. Jesus walks up, and he begins to read the reading for the day. It's, in, in, it's, it's talk, talked about in Luke 4, verses 18 through 21. So Jesus is in the synagogue in Nazareth, and he begins to read. And what's interesting is it's a prophecy about him. And here's what Jesus read. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was upon him. And he began by saying to them, today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. Jesus said, I came to bring freedom. Now, how did he do that? He accomplished it. He went to the cross, and he paid for our debt of sin. And three days later, he got up out of the grave, and he conquered the power of sin by overcoming death so that we could have freedom from the power of sin. And yet here's what's a shame for so many of us is that we have freedom in Jesus, yet we still live like we are enslaved because we haven't learned the truth yet. We have freedom in Jesus. Zig Ziglar uh, was a famous speaker, and he wrote a book a long time ago called See You at the Top. And in the book, he told a story about the magician Harry Houdini. He said Houdini would go into small towns, he'd do his magic show, but the way he'd really get the crowd going is he would go to the prison, the the local prison or county prison, and he would talk to the sheriff, and he'd say, you put me in the cell, he said, shut the door, and y'all walk out, and he said, within a matter of minutes, I will, I will break out of, your, out of your jail cell. And so, you know, they'd walk out, and then within a matter of minutes, he'd come walk out the front door, and everybody's amazed, and they want to come see a show. He did this in town after town, and he came to this one town, and he said they gave the same spiel, and then he went, to the, he went to the little jail cell, and they shut the door, and when they walked out, he pulls out this pen from his sleeve, and he begins to try to pick the lock, and as he's working on the lock, he can't, he can't get it picked. And that 30 minutes goes by. You know, there's a crowd outside waiting. So 30 minutes pass, an hour passes. He still can't get out. Two hours pass, and he's starting to sweat. By the third hour, he just gives up, and he leans on the door, and when he does, the door just swings open. The entire time, the door had not been locked, but he thought it was locked. Therefore, he was imprisoned by it. Guys, if you are a follower of Jesus... Let me tell you something. You are no longer bound. The door has been unlocked by Jesus who came to give you freedom. We don't need to live in fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. 
Now, if you go back to verse number 32, we are told the truth will set you free. That word set, it means exempted. That means you are exempted. If you follow Jesus, you are exempted from the power of sin. Why? Because Jesus has already paid for it. And yet, there are way, way too many people who are ignoring the truth of Jesus, saying, that's not my truth. This is my truth, the way I want to live. Let me tell you, when you take Jesus out of the truth equation, you have lost all hope because he is the only truth that there is. Okay, so then how is truth valuable to us? How can it impact my life? As you want the truth to make a difference for you, practice it. Know the truth, learn the truth. And as you do those things, you will discover that in God's truth, there is freedom. I think there's a lot of us, we're, we're afraid to live in, in God's truth because we're afraid of what, we don't, we don't want people to be offended by us. We, we're afraid of what other people are, th- are going to think. You don't need, we don't need to worry about what other people think. We need, to, we need to consider what has God called us to do. How has God called for us to live? You know, Philippians 3.20 tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ, for Him. Not for the world, for Christ. And I believe that God's Word is true. And when you live in the truth, you will discover the blessings that come with truth. That come with believing and trusting in Jesus. And so if you're a believer here today, and you are fearful of what the future holds, you are fearful of what you've done in the past, it's time for you to live in the truth. Jesus has taken care of those things. Follow him. Live within his word, and you will experience God's blessings. But there may be others of you, and you're on the fence. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to do. With, with who Jesus is. You want to experience the life that this book talks about? You, you, you might like the show. You like the things Jesus says. You like the idea of heaven and peace. Then it's time for you to practice the truth. And that begins with surrendering yourself to the truth, to Jesus. Let's conclude this way. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes. And for, for those of you who say, you know what, I'm ready to surrender to the truth. Then where you are, you just simply talk to God and say, say to him or something like this. Jesus, today, I, I surrender myself to you. I am believing that you are the truth. That your ways lead to life. And so this morning, I'm asking you for forgiveness. And I'm believing that you are the Son of God who lived and died and rose from the grave. According to Scripture, it says that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's truth. I believe the truth. I want to encourage you to embrace it and accept it. 
If you prayed that prayer, I, we, we, we'd love to know that so that we can get you some information about how to grow in your walk with Jesus. And you can take your bulletin out. There's a contact form in there. Fill that out. Just check that line so I commit my life to Christ today. And you tear it out. As you leave, there's a couple boxes by the doors and just slip that piece of paper in there. We can get you some information about growing in a walk with Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are, we are grateful for the truth of your word. Lord, we are thankful that as we live in a world that has such a hard time now defining what is truth. Lord, you let us know that you are the anchor that we can hang on to and always be rooted in. Lord, I pray that we will leave here today encouraged. That I pray that there will be people who will leave here today changed by the truth of who you are. And I pray these things in Christ's name.